I invite you to open a Bible with me, if you will, to the Gospel of Mark chapter 10, and I'll give you plenty of time to turn back there. I would love it if you would open a Bible with me, turn one on, however it is that you access God's Word this morning. We want to hear words of Jesus from the Gospel of Mark chapter 10 in just a few moments. Thank you so much for being here. We have guests among us. We are, are thankful for your presence. Welcome. We invite you to open up a Bible, follow along with us. We're here to honor and praise and glorify our Maker. And it is our privilege to do that together. A blessing to be able to do that as a church family. And we're glad that you're a guest with us this morning. We have a number who have been traveling who are back at home. We have some who would love to be with us in person and I know they're, they're watching from a distance. It's my privilege to use God's Word to continue our worship this morning. And I want to talk with you about making a difference. Those who make the greatest differences in this world are distinct from this world. And we'll see that in a variety of different ways this morning, but I really encourage you to, to get that basic truth in your mind from the beginning of our time together this morning. Those who make the greatest differences in this world are distinct from this world. If we just go right along with the flow of this world, if we think like this world and prioritize like this world and act like this world and react like this world, then we're not going to make much of a difference in this world. But those who make the greatest differences are distinct from this world. And mothers have the God-shaped opportunity to make a profound difference. Today, of course, is a day that our culture has set aside to honor and to celebrate mothers. And I'm, I'm thankful for days like this in our culture. For many of you, this is a very happy day. And we celebrate right along with you. But I'm also keenly aware when I have opportunities like this to stand before an audience of this size that this is not the easiest day for some who have gathered together with brothers and sisters in Christ to, to worship and to honor God for Many in this room today is a tough day. We have mothers in this room who have lost children. We have children in this room who have lost mothers. We have some in this room who are yearning with all of their hearts to be mothers. We have some who are able to sit with multiple generations in a room like this and, and to enjoy, to see with their own eyes that heritage that we just spent some time talking about, singing about together this morning. 
And there are some who would love more than anything to, to have that sword of heritage sitting right there beside them. We have some in this room whose relationships with a biological mother are, are very, very challenging to say the least. And a, a wide variety of variables that we could continue to flesh out. For those of you who are mothers this morning, as Mike mentioned, we're, we're thankful for you. And when I say that, I, I hope that even the words that we have sung, I appreciate the thought that went into that. When we say we are thankful for you, we know who to thank. And that's why we're here this morning. We are, are thanking our Father in heaven. But whomever you are this morning, I'd like to spend the next few minutes thinking about making a difference. Not just in a biological sense. We know that biological mothers can make a, a profound difference in the lives of children that echoes on long after that mother has passed on to her reward. We'll hear a little bit about that in, in God's Word this morning, but what I'd like to talk with you about this morning is, is bigger than that. It's not just if you're a biological or an adoptive mother that I want to talk with you about this great difference. What I'm talking with you this morning about is in a Mark chapter 10 sort of sense. Is your Bible open there? I want to read with you two verses from Mark chapter 10, beginning in verse 29. This is squarely in the life of Jesus. He's talking to his disciples, and Mark tells us in Mark 10, verse 29, that Jesus said, let's reverently appreciate this morning the fact that we are reading words of the Son of God, the one on whom history hinges this morning. Verse 29, truly I say to you, there is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or lands for my sake and for the gospel who will not receive a hundredfold now in this time. Houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecutions. And we'll pause right there. You might put a marker there because we'll come back to Mark chapter 10 in just a little while. But I, I want to pause there with you for a moment and think about what God's own Son said 2,000 years ago, preserved for our learning, you and I are blessed to be able to read these life-giving words that are just as relevant this morning as they were the day they were spoken. Jesus is talking about those who choose to follow Him, giving their lives to Him, seeking first 
the kingdom of God and His righteousness. We hear that as he says there in verse 29. I'm talking about those who will put me before anything else. They will follow for my sake and the sake of the gospel. This good news of the forgiveness of sins and reconciliation to the God who created us has captured the minds of people for thousands of years. And it may make life more difficult. We hear that in verse 30, don't we? Persecutions may come as a result of following Jesus Christ. Putting God first in a different way from so many around us who have their minds purely set on the things of this world. Listen, that may make my life, that may make your life harder for a little while. But He also gives us such a practical glimpse of the blessings of discipleship. That if we will take God at His Word, if we will respond to the Gospel, if we will allow our Heavenly Father to transfer us out of the domain of darkness that we wandered into because of our own sins and will allow Him to transfer us into the kingdom of light, the kingdom of His beloved Son, there are such blessings not just to come. I want you to see that here in Mark 10, 29 and 30. Truly I say to you, there is no one who has left houses or brothers or sisters or mother or children or lands for my sake and for the gospel who will not receive a hundredfold now in this time. And some of you know exactly what Jesus is talking about. Because you've tasted that blessing. You know what it is to be a blessed part of a church family where a brother or sister in Christ, not your biological brother or sister, but you have Jesus in common. He is our elder brother. You have the Father in heaven in common. And a brother hears that you have a need. And he, he lives with this attitude that I have it and, and you need it. And so I'll use it to help you. Uh, That sister in Christ hears that you're going through a difficult time and she says, "I've, I've been there and you're there now and I can empathize with you and so I'm not just gonna sit in the same big room as you on a Sunday morning, but I'm gonna be there for you on Monday night. I'm gonna be there early Tuesday morning at the hospital waiting room with you. That is the blessing that Jesus is encouraging us to realize a hundredfold now in this time brothers 
and sisters and mothers. And that's the, the little lane that I'd, I'd like to camp with you for the rest of our time together. Would you open your Bible with me to the Gospel of Luke? The next book in your Bible, Luke chapter 8. I would love to talk with you. Not about simply biological or adoptive mothers. That certainly plays a role in this whole thing. And we will, we will hear that celebrated and honored in God's Word this morning. But I'm talking bigger than that. I'm, I'm talking in the Mark chapter 10 sort of sense. That maybe your mother was not a disciple of Jesus Christ. But you honor Jesus as your King and you're a part now by God's gracious design of a church family, and He blesses you now in this time a hundredfold with brothers and sisters and mothers. What's that look like? Well, that sort of a mother walks with Jesus as a daughter of God. That's how you come to be the Mark chapter 10 sort of mother that Jesus is describing. Now we know that there were women who literally walked with Jesus, right? If your Bible is open there to the Gospel of Luke chapter 8, we can read about some of them beginning in verse 1. How soon afterward Jesus went on throughout cities and villages. He was proclaiming and, and bringing this good news of the kingdom of God. And the twelve were with him. The apostles are there. They, they play an important role, but it wasn't just Jesus and the apostles. I want you to see that from Luke chapter 8. Right there with the twelve were some women who had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities. We even know some of their names. Mary called Magdalene from whom seven demons had gone out. And Joanna, the wife of Chusa, Herod's household manager. Think about that. The Herod family was the one who had tried to wipe Jesus out very shortly after his birth. And now... One of the men in that family tree has a household manager whose wife walks with Jesus. And a woman named Susanna and many others who provided for them out of their means. You know what those women were? They were mothers in the Mark chapter 10 sort of sense. Walking with Jesus walking with the twelve, helping them with what they needed. You go with me to the other end of Luke's Gospel, Luke chapter 23. We know that many of these women literally walked with Jesus. We even know that when the twelve, the vast majority of them turned and ran and hid behind locked doors, women were there at the foot of the cross. In Luke chapter 23, verses 48 and 49, 
all the crowds that had assembled for this spectacle of a public crucifixion, when they saw what had taken place, they returned home beating their breasts. And all his acquaintances and the women who had followed him from Galilee stood at a distance watching these things. You know what those sorts of women were? They were mothers in the Mark chapter 10 sort of sins. And their influence lived on long after Jesus was buried and rose from the dead and even ascended to His Father in heaven. In the sequel to Luke's Gospel, we read in Acts chapter 1 and verse 14 that 120 disciples are with one accord. They're devoting themselves to prayer together with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and His brothers. We've got biological connections there. We've got a biological mother, but we've also got mothers there in the Mark chapter 10 sort of sins. Walking with Jesus. Listen to that. Think about that this morning. Even after His death and His burial and His resurrection, they are walking with Jesus. In what sense? Well, in the 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, sword of sins, where Paul is talking to, to anybody, men, women, someone who might have been there when Jesus gave his life, someone who never saw Jesus, like you and like me with their, their physical eyes or heard him with their physical ears. Listen to what he's calling. Listen to how powerful living and active the gospel is. Finally then, brothers, we ask and urge you in the Lord Jesus that just as you receive from us how you ought to walk and to please God just as you are doing, that you do so more and more. You didn't see Him, but you can walk with Him. Just like those people did. And when you walk with Him, I want you to listen to me this morning. It changes your life. It changes your relationships. It changes your priorities. It changes your aims. It makes you different. That's Paul's point in 2 Corinthians chapter 6. We're picking up in verse 16 where he asks, what agreement has the temple of God with idols? We, we live in a world that is purely given over to idolatry and, and we're not on the same page there. That's, that's not what we prioritize. That's not what we worship. We're the temple of the living God. As God Himself said, I will make my dwelling among them and walk among them and I will be their God and they shall be my people. Therefore, He looks us even thousands of years later in the eye and says, go out from their midst. Be different. Allow God to make you different. Why? Because those in this world who make the Biggest differences in this world are those who are distinct from this world. And if we are willing to put 
God first. If we are willing for Jesus' sake and the sake of the Gospel to walk in the way He's telling us to walk, you know what happens? Verse 18, Your Father in heaven says, I will be a father to you. Your Creator says of you, you shall be sons and daughters to me. Mothers who make a difference. Biological, adoptive, or in the Mark chapter 10 sort of sense, they walk with Jesus as daughters of God. But it's not just about them. Go with me to the Old Testament book of Deuteronomy chapter 6. I'll give you time to turn back there to Deuteronomy 6, the fifth book in your Bible. Deuteronomy chapter 6. Mothers who make a difference. inscribe God's will on the hearts of others. They don't just walk with Jesus. They are inscribers on the hearts of others. What a blessing to be able to do that in the context of your own home. That, that's what God is prescribing in Deuteronomy chapter 6, beginning in verse 4, where He says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. Mothers who make a difference, that's their heart. Mothers who make the greatest difference of all, that is the change that God has wrought on their heart. He says in verse 6, All these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. But mothers who make the greatest difference inscribe that will on the hearts of others. Verse 7, You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. What a blessing to be able to do that in the context of your own home. What a blessing that can produce, listen to me this morning, for the world. For not just years or decades, but centuries to come. We read about Two women who walked with Jesus, as far as we know, they, they never saw Him with their own eyes, but by the power of the Gospel, they started walking with Jesus and, and they had inscribed on the heart of a little boy named Timothy. And because they had done that, because as Romans 10 verse 17 tells us, faith comes from hearing and hearing through the Word of Christ. Paul was able to write to that little boy that grew up to be the man, Timothy. And I want you to listen to what he's able to say about this man because a mother and a grandmother walked with Jesus and inscribed on his heart. 2 Timothy 3 verse 14, As for you, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it, and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Timothy didn't do that on his own. 
Timothy had a God-given heart on which the sacred writings were inscribed. It was God-breathed Scripture and it was profitable to teach Timothy and reprove Timothy and correct Timothy and train him in righteousness that he could grow up to be a man of God, complete, equipped, for every good work. What a blessing to do that in the context of your own home. And maybe it's not a child. Maybe it's a husband. You're walking with Jesus and he's not. But over the course of time, not with words, but with your manner of life, by your, your conduct, with your respectful and pure conduct, that man comes to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. Maybe it's not in the context of your own home, and yet still a mother in a Mark chapter 10 sort of sense. You remember that blessing where we started, where Jesus promises I'm drawing you into something so much bigger than you. Your own individual family. You follow me and I'm telling you that now in this time, a hundredfold, there will be brothers and sisters and mothers. Older women who are reverent in their behavior, not slanderers or slaves to much wine, but teachers of what is good, able to train younger women to love as God teaches all of us to love. We know there were real life people like that in the first century. We, we know that when the Apostle Peter got out of prison and he was looking for the blessing of his brothers and sisters in Christ. Has it ever struck you that in Acts chapter 12 he knows where to go? He doesn't go to his biological mother's house. But he goes to a mother in the Mark chapter 10 sword of sins. He goes to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose other name was Mark, where many were gathered together and were praying. I'm not just talking this morning about in a biological or an adoptive sense. I'm talking about women who walk with God and have the greatest impact you can possibly have. Deborah sort of impact in Judges chapter 5 where Israel is a mess. And there aren't leaders the way the people needed. And Deborah arose a mother in Israel. It is what Paul rejoiced in and thanked God for and commended in Romans chapter 16 and verse 13. He said, I, I want you to make sure that Rufus knows I'm thinking about him. He's, he's chosen in the Lord. He walks with Jesus, but I'm also thankful for his mother who has been a mother to me as well. 
What a blessing to be able to do that in the context of your home. And for those of you who have enjoyed that blessing, please, please don't act as if the door of that blessing shuts when your children leave your household. You realize that there are mothers in the Mark chapter 10 sort of sense who will leave this big room and go to smaller rooms all around this building in just a little while and will work from very young ages to inscribe on the hearts of little children. We've got Vacation Bible School looming very soon, if the Lord wills, this summer. And this building over the course of weeks and in individual homes will be full of mothers whose children are grown and, and gone, maybe grandchildren out on their own, but they still want to make a difference. They still want to do what they can to inscribe God's will on the hearts of others. Go with me very quickly, if you will, to Hebrews chapter 13 in your New Testament. Hebrews chapter 13, near the end of your Bible. Mothers who make the greatest difference of all embody grace. They don't just sing about amazing grace. They don't just teach others about grace. They, they grow. They are transformed. They mature, they pray, they endure, they sharpen each other that they might embody grace. Thank God that this church family is full of women whose hearts are fueled by grace. Hebrews 13 and verse 9. Don't be led by diverse and strange teachings. It's good for the heart to be strengthened by grace. And that is my biggest prayer. Has been my most fervent prayer for you. And I, I mean this this morning. I want you to hear this morning. That for those of you that, that this is a... A wonderful, sunshiny day. My prayer this week has been that our time in God's Word would help your heart to be strengthened by grace. But for those of you who... This is a really tough, cloud-filled day. My prayer has been that our time in God's Word would help your heart be strengthened by grace because... I'll be the first to tell you, my words are, are very limited in their power. And I, I feel very confident in saying Roger would say the same thing to you. There are times that we don't know what to say or how to say it. And, and our human words are, are so frail. But God's Word endures. This is what we celebrate this morning. This is what we want to be strengthened by so that as we leave here, what comes out of our mouths is gracious. Gracious words come out of hearts strengthened by grace. Gracious actions where we live as God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. That comes 
that is sustained by hearts that are strengthened by grace. The reason this church family is blessed with women and men who I have it and you need it and so I'll use it to serve you is because hearts, real hearts have been changed by grace. Let's end, if you'll turn in your Bible with me, to Philippians chapter 3. Mothers who make the greatest difference by faith live as citizens of heaven. I love how the Apostle Paul spends so many letters following the same basic pattern. In the first half of so many of his letters, he will say, let me introduce you to God. Let me tell you what God has done. Let me tell you about Jesus Christ and how he can change your life. And then in the second half of the letter, this is what it's going to look like for you to walk with Jesus as a son or daughter of God. And we're right in the middle of that in Philippians 3 verse 17 where he says, Brothers, join in imitating me and keep your eye on those who walk according to the example you have in us. Let's just pause this morning and recognize and thank God for the fact that there are just as many women in our church family Perhaps more than men who, whose examples are worth thanking God for and learning from and imitating. It's not like that in the world. For many, verse 18, of whom I have often told you and now tell you even with tears, they walk as enemies of the cross of Christ. And we know how this story ends. For some, tragically, their, their end is destruction because their hearts aren't strengthened by God's grace. Their hearts are firmly fixed on their own Fulfillment and, and satisfaction and they glory in their shame with minds set on earthly things. But we, we're to be different. Those who make the biggest difference in this world are distinct from this world. And our citizenship is in heaven and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like His glorious body by the power that enables Him even to subject all things to Himself. Therefore, my brothers, whom I love and long for, my joy and my crown, stand firm. Stand firm in the Lord. And there's going to be times that it's challenging to get along. He specifically mentions two sisters in Philippians chapter 4 who he is urging to agree in the Lord. Yes, I, I ask you, true companion, help these women why does he care so much about them? Because these women have labored side by side with me in the gospel, together with Clement and the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. So could I ask you to go back where you marked your Bible in Mark chapter 10, where we started? Mothers 
who make the greatest difference. You get one thing out of our time together this morning in God's Word. Here's what I want you to take away. Mothers who make the greatest difference. This is bigger than what your son or daughter is able to hang on his or her wall as far as where they graduated from. This is so much bigger than what your son or daughter grows up to do for a living. This is bigger than the vacations your your children are able to afford. This is so much bigger than the houses they're able to live in or the cars that they're able to drive. This is so much bigger than the retirement they are eventually to be able to enjoy, maybe to retire at a really early age and live the...